Hello. Welcome and thank you for joining us and listening to our podcast, The God Beyond the Bible. Our podcast is released weekly each Friday. The content of each episode is based on the questions and curiosities we all have about God and the Bible. Many of our topics are considered taboo in the minds of the mainstream church. You will find our discussions to be, I think, refreshing and often far from traditional. But we don't just skirt around these complex issues, but confront them head on, and not in the way you're used to hearing them discussed on typical Christian talk shows. I'm Alan Rowland, creator and host of The God Beyond the Bible. As of the launch of this podcast, I've been a pastor for more than 35 years. My co-host is my daughter, Trayson, and our engineer, co-producer, is my daughter, Tabitha. Our mission is to encourage our audience, along with us, to open our minds to the reality that God is simply too big to be fully explored or experienced by the reading and studying of a single ancient work. In short, the Bible's not the sum of God, and to think this is to limit what He has done, is doing, and what He will do in our future. So with introductions made, thank you for listening, and let's dive into the topic of the day. Okay, welcome to the podcast, God Beyond the Bible, by seekers and for seekers. And uh, welcome to our very first episode. And our very first episode, we're going to be talking about the Bible is not the sum of God. And uh, I guess the the thought of it is, uh, and of course, we're all present. Trayson, present? Present. Tabby, present? I'm here. All right, all right. And so our thought for the day is, uh, is that if it isn't in the Bible... Now, this is what people seem to think, and, and, and this is the thought we're going to be working off of. If it isn't in the Bible, God did not do it, has not done it, or can't, or isn't going to do it, or unless it's in the Bible, God didn't say it. And uh, I guess our, our argument is going to be God is not limited to the Bible, but we may limit him by the Bible. What do I mean by that? I mean, what do you guys think? What does that sound like it means? I mean, going out to an audience. Uh What's your thought? I think the idea that God is limited to the Bible, we have this idea that the Bible is completely infallible and that there is nothing about it that if God didn't do it, then it can't be. Well, it's almost like, isn't it, that these men were super men, right? The writers, that they weren't real people, that that, that God literally spoke through their lips or through their pen. And, and I know I'm getting into some bad territory here, but I'm just, that's that's my whole idea is. And, and the other thought of it is, is that the Bible just didn't end 2,000 years ago and God hasn't had anything else to say. Isn't that really what this podcast is about? Absolutely. So uh, we're going to start right into our first segment here. And uh, in our first segment, uh, the... Uh, Bible is not a detailed account of all of God's activities or all of his creative work throughout time in the universe. And uh, uh, the first the first part of the, the first part of the topic is stuff's falling down in the studio. The first <laughs> the first first part of the topic is uh, is about the uh, the Bible's not a detailed account of all God's activities or creative work throughout time in the universe. Uh, let's talk about the 6,000 year old earth. Uh, now, we get that, of course, because we can go back in the Bible, right, and we can go back and check out Adam's genealogy. Is that correct? Absolutely. And so uh, with Adam's genealogy, we come up with the idea that Adam's race is through the Jewish keeping of the text that Adam's race is 6,000 years old. But does that necessarily mean the Bible? Does that necessarily mean Earth is 6,000 years old? 
No, I've always had a lot of issues with the idea that the earth is only 6,000 years old and that everything that has happened, you know, in time past, we have this eternal God who has been here for eternity past and he is still just created the 6,000 year earth. That's all he's ever done is just create in the last 6,000 years. So what did he do for all of these eternities past? Because eternity does go back as far backward as it goes forward, right? Absolutely. If you're eternal. Uh, we all, we use Tabitha. She don't say a lot, but she's our antagonist. And uh, she's the one that's usually the one that we're trying to convince as we look over at her and look and see if she's raising her eyebrows and rolling her eyes. And usually she is. So we know that we're doing good if we can get her to roll her eyes. Uh, I just want to throw a couple of facts out at you guys and see what you think about it. Did, did you ever stop to think that the first five chapters of the book of Genesis covers 1,500 years of time? Do you, does anybody want to make a guess on how many verses there are in the first five chapters of Genesis? Make a guess. I'm going to go with 200. Well, I don't know if there's that many. Well, okay. Maybe. 138. No. If you go King James or any of them, I guess they're all, the verses are about divided the same, aren't they? All the translations? I think so, yeah. Okay. Uh, that's seven pages in a giant print Bible. Let's just see where I'm going here. This 1,500 years, the first five first five chapters. Uh, that's seven pages in my giant print Bible, uh, the blind guy. And it's about 3,000 English words. Now, if you think about that, how many years are we talking about? You said 1,500. Okay, 1,500 years we're talking about. So with 50, that's about two words per year. Wow, I never really... Well, I hadn't thought about that. That's like the ultimate skimming. Just... Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> let's let's compare it to uh, uh, a court trial that concerns some event, a crime, you know, you know, a murder, a robbery, whatever. Uh, we'll have more than a thousand pages of testimony for a single event in a court trial. A thousand pages of testimony, and uh, often involving more than four hundred thousand words. Compared to 1,500 years in the first now, like I said, just be open-minded about it and think about it. Okay, so to compare uh, the 200, let's compare America's history to that, okay? Let's apply that to America's history. To compare 250 years of America to the amount of words that are dedicated to the first 1,500 years in the Bible, uh, to cover 250 years of America as a nation of a son, uh, to sum it, it would be summing up its history in just over one page in less than 500 words. In other words, all the history of America, does that make sense? Absolutely. All of the past wars, everything that we've done in 250 years would be compacted Some, to less than 500 words. Yeah, summed up in less than 500 words. Could you think you could accurately give anyone, I mean, you certainly wouldn't say that's a play-by-play, -play, would you? No, no. absolutely not. What do you, what do you, I mean, just think about it. So, uh, Adam's race is descendancy of 6,000 years. Uh, and as we'll show in later segments, much has occurred between the creation uh, of the planets and the earth and the forming of Adam. There has to be a bunch of stuff that's went on. And there has to be a bunch of stuff. Listen, realistically, there has to be a bunch of stuff that's going on in that first five chapters that we just don't know a lot about. Would you agree? I think I mean, there had to have been. I do. Two I words, a, two words a year. You know, yeah. we're talking about two words for every year that we cover. Okay, we're going to have to move along. And has anybody looked at the time to see what our time is? 
All right. We, uh, uh, the next thing is, the next thing is, I just got a six minute. Does that mean we're six minutes in on the first segment? Yes. We've got nine minutes per segment. So okay. we're going to have to move. All right. Or we're not going to get them all Liz, or we're going to break this into two episodes. Okay. If Moses is the author of Genesis' account of the origin of man, it was written some 2,000 years after it happened. Did you ever think of that? I've considered that before, and it's always blown my mind that we can't get a story straight from one generation to the next, but we expected Moses to have everything completely down pat after 2,000 years. I mean, he's recording this Adam event. He's recording this this creation event, and uh, he's doing it 2,000 years later. So, And everybody says, I know, I know the story. I, I, didn't, I didn't just start thinking about this yesterday. I know, but it was God-breathed. God breathed it into him, and then he breathed it out on paper. And I'm not saying that can't happen. I'm just saying, where does it say that? Where does it say that, that you know, I'm just, where, where, does, where does this book make that claim? And I want you to know something. Let me stop and say right here, I'm not anti-Christian. I am a Christian. I, as it said in the opening, I'm a pastor for 35 years. I believe in Jesus. I believe Jesus is the answer to everything. I believe that God is love, and God showed his love through Jesus Christ. Okay. The first five chapters we talked about of Genesis cover more than 1,500 years. But there are other histories and historians, aren't there? Now, now remember, this was kept by who? This was kept by the Jewish people. Jewish people kept this Old Testament, so this is kept by them. And uh, this is their version. of what, There are other versions, and it's kind of amazing some of the other versions have. It's kind of amazing that some of the other versions actually have uh, uh, floods and all of that stuff in them, which I think they rightfully should. What, what is it, the Sumerian? Yes, the Sumerians do. And actually, even the Jewish culture has other histories that include things that weren't put into the canon, that weren't put into the original Torah scriptures. Okay. I'm getting down to the what last moment, the last minute of this segment. We're yeah, we're at nine minutes. Oh, at nine minutes. Okay, one thing I'm going to say right here. Jesus, and this, I'm just going to leave with this and leave this thought. Jesus never spoke of Adam or the Genesis account as far as we have recorded. Did he? Did Jesus ever talk about Adam? The only thing he ever mentioned was Abel in the book of Matthew. Okay. So that's kind of, do you find that kind of unusual? I mean, if, and I said, that's all I'm going to say about this and we'll move on. So we'll take it out of the next segment. But the, but the reality is, do you not think that, I mean, if Jesus was walking here, I'd say, Hey Lord, give me a little more information on, on this, on what took place. But anyway. Okay, and we're back here with segment two of our podcast. The Bible is not the son of God. He's not limited to the Bible, but the Bible can be used to limit God. And our topic for segment two, Trayson, where are we going with that? How much time lapses between Genesis 1-1 and Genesis 1-2? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. I, I think I know that verse. Well, do you know the next one? Okay, does the next one go something like, uh, and the earth was void and without form? That's where we're headed. Okay, depends on, okay, so now what's the question again? What's the topic here? How much? How much time elapses between that first verse and the second? Okay, 
Uh, so, and the question is, does the Bible itself place any events between those two verses? That's the way we ought to look at it, right? Yes, absolutely. But I think a lot of people don't think about that there could be a great time lapse between God created and the earth was void and without form. Do you ever wonder why a creator God would create the earth void and without form? It's always made me wonder, was he just incapable of creating a world that already had plants and, you know, water and land? Or was there something here in between? Well, I, I think the answer is, of course, we're, we're kind of doing a segue here, but I think it's, I think there's something between. What I did is I went to, uh, let's just ask the question, does the Bible itself place any events between the two verses? Well, uh, if you look in Isaiah chapter 14, now this is right where everybody says, Lucifer, this is the fall of Satan. This is the story of Lucifer and Lucifer. This was Isaiah giving a prophecy or what would it be if he's talking about the past? He's not talking about the future. So whatever that is that he's talking about the past, but it says he sort of lapses into this talking about the fall of Satan. And, and if that's what our theology teaches us. So let's, let me read Isaiah 14, uh, 12, if I can get my bifocals focused on this, it says this, Isaiah chapter 14, verse 12. How you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, O shining star, son of the morning. You have been thrown down to the earth, you who destroyed the nations of the world. What an interesting thought. Then drop on down, and in between that, I think it talks about, you said, I will go up to the high mountain of God and all this stuff. And then we get down to verse 17, Isaiah 14, 17. Is this the one who destroyed the world and made it into a wasteland? Now, I, did, I have never noted that verse before. Did you ever think of that? Look up there. He mentions, he mentions nations in verse 12, right? Yes. You've laid the nations waste, destroyed the nations of the world, and then he drops down in verse 17, you destroyed the world and made it to a wasteland. Think about that. Genesis 1, 2. Can this explain why the earth was void and without form? Could this be a logical explanation? I mean, could the Bible be explained? Could the Bible actually have explained that, look, because we have to ask ourselves the question is, did the fall of Satan occur before Adam? It had to have. For the serpent, for Satan to have been in the garden with Adam and Eve, the fall had to have taken place before Adam and Eve or while Adam and Eve were in the garden. And I don't think it took place before Genesis 1-1, do you? No, absolutely not. Because what Genesis 1-1 says that's when everything got its start. Everything was created in Genesis 1-1. But then in Genesis 1-2, the earth is void and without form. And so I'm going to throw the idea out there that if Isaiah, if our theology is right, our mainstream theology is correct, and Isaiah is that uh, telling us about the fall of Satan, that had to happen between Genesis 1-1 and 1-2. might explain why the earth was void, a wasteland, void and without form. Uh W.O. Vault, I'm going to drag him into this. He's passed and gone, but he's a good guy to study after. He was a good word scholar as far as Hebrew and all of the Hebrew and the Greek and stuff, and just a great studied guy. I didn't agree with him on everything, but he had some good thoughts. You can learn a little bit from everybody. W.O. Vault stated that he believed that Genesis 1, verses 2 through 31, chapter 1, verses 2 through 31, was a restoration of the earth and not a creation. And that verse 1 was the only real creation verse. I think this steps back into my idea that 
an eternal God didn't just start creating 6,000 years ago. I believe this earth, this solar system, and this universe as a whole has been created and recreated time and time again to suit whatever need he had for it at the time. Well, you know, that's his business, right? Absolutely. He's, He's a creator. And uh, I think so, too. Uh, verse 1 uses creation, and the word creation used in verse 1, according to Vault and others, is to make something from nothing. That's to truly create. Uh, to make something from nothing. The following verses, have you ever noticed in even your King James Bible and all of your translations start using the words formed and made? They don't use created. They start using words like formed and made after that. And that's what Dr. Vault said. And he said, then it started using words to make something from something that already exists. Not to create from nothing. And he's saying that all of these things we're calling the creation verses are really... God's making something from something that already exists. Uh, even Adam was formed. Am I right? He was formed from the clay of the earth. Yeah, dust of the earth or clay or whatever. And then God breathed into him, became a living soul. But he was formed from what? Something that already existed. Uh, Genesis 2.7 says, Then the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the earth. So everything that follows Genesis 1.2 seems to occur somewhat naturally once upon the earth is warmed or incubated. Now, this is vault again. He said that word, the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the earth, is actually a Hebrew word that meant incubate, that the Spirit of God incubated and warmed the earth. That's kind of a neat thing. Kind of makes you think of an ice age, don't it? It does. I mean, the earth being void and without form and covered with water, well, ice is still water, right? Yes, and vegetation and other life can still exist below the ice level below the frost line did you guys ever notice when you read this account that it started saying and god said let there be i did yes and and you know that go that god said let there be he didn't say make it happen he didn't say create come into existence he said let there be uh verses 11 and 12 we got a two-minute signal there, but when the uh, verses 11 and 12 in Genesis chapter 1, where the vegetation, did you ever notice it seems to sprout out of the earth as though the seed's already there? In fact, some translations say, even King James, let the earth bring forth the grass and the herbs that are in her, whose seed is in it already. And I'm kind of paraphrasing here. Did you ever think of that? So don't you think this might, go along with the theory that earth being void and without form? Do you not think this might uh, contribute to the theory that there's a lot happened between Genesis 1-1 and 1-2? Well, let there be seems to lead you to that idea that it's already there and he bring it forth. Yeah. Anytime you hear let there be, you're allowing something to let, follow its yeah, natural course. Yeah, it's not God making it happen. Yes. God gets the conditions right, it seems to me like. that Now the conditions are right, the earth gets warmed up. And so some natural stuff starts happening, and and uh, we're getting the wrap-up sign here. So uh, in that in that second thought, uh, which was interesting, and I'm sure we'll get some emails and some thoughts on that. We always want to hear your thoughts on it. Uh, and uh, we're talking about how much time has lapsed between Genesis 1-1 and Genesis 1-2. Mm -hmm. So uh, with that, we'll close and get ready for segment three.
All right, and welcome back to our podcast, The God Beyond the Bible. We're in segment three talking about how the Bible is not the sum of God. God is not limited to the Bible, but many use the Bible to limit God. Uh, and we've chose, I've kind of, I producing this, I kind of segmented this out. And uh, I've chose segment three to talk about something in the New Testament. Uh, we've talked about Genesis and what's happened between Genesis 1-1 and 1-2 and uh uh, how that you know uh, uh, that the, we believe that the fall that the devil laid the earth waste in, in segment two and that would that would fit the earth being void without form. But I'm wanting to move towards segment three. I want to talk about something that John, the gospel writer of John. Of course, if I understand it right, he's the John that wrote the Gospel of John. He also wrote the letters first, second, and third John, and then he was John the Revelator, right? This is the same John. That's always been my understanding. Well, that's that's. I mean, that's the just, common theological. Yeah, that's the, the, that's the theology behind it. And, and he writes a lot, a lot. He talks about love and everything. It's all about love. And so it sounds like him, don't it? So uh, with that said, I want to talk about how John closes his gospel account. And he closes his gospel account with these words. Uh, John chapter 21, verses 24 and 25. That's the gospel of John. You know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, the gospel of John. And he closes it with, a, with an odd statement. He says this, this disciple is the one who testifies to these events and has recorded them here. And we know that his account is accurate. And then he says in verse 25, Jesus also did many other things. If they were all written down, I suppose the whole world could not contain the books that would be written. Hmm. What's what? When you read that, what, what's your impression that John's saying right off the bat? I mean, how did, John closes out his gospel. He said, okay, I've written what I need to, what I feel like I need to write, but. We've hit the highlights here, guys, but there's a whole lot more that you're not going to, we're not going to be able to write down because there's too much. And uh, to back up John's statement, Luke opens his gospel account saying there are many. Have you ever read that? There are many who have written accounts of Jesus' early ministry. And he had done, and he also stated that he had done, Luke had done extensive research and interviews prior to writing his own account as an investigator and a historian. Now, remember, Luke was not an apostle. Well, we know, looking at the Apocrypha, if you're familiar at it at all, that we have the Gospel of Thomas, of Philip, the Gospel of the Hebrew people. Barnabas, ain't there one of Barnabas? There's the Gospel of Barnabas, the Gospel of the Twelve, the Gospel of the Nazarenes. And some of these are really convincing as far as lining up with the canon scripture that we have. They seem to fit in with it. It's hard to believe that all of them were just tossed to the side. And in a later episode, we're going to talk about the Council of Nicaea. I believe I'm saying that right. And uh, that was where, that was basically where we got the Bible we have now. And the stuff that was in, excluded was excluded. And the stuff that was included was included. But that's a whole other episode. Okay. So if according to John's closing claim, all the books and all the libraries of the world could not contain the things Jesus did in his short three-year ministry that John was a disciple and witnessed him doing, uh, how can one single book, this is my thought, I know that's a long thought, this is my thought. If John summed his up saying, hey, if I wrote down everything Jesus did, there wouldn't be enough books, there's not enough ink, there's not enough paper. If he said that about Jesus' short ministry, how can one single book, the Bible, a collection of, what, 66 
work, 66 books. Am I right about that? Yes. <laughs> My theology. And 44, I think. If I'm off the top, but I think it's 44. I didn't count. Or so authors. How can that be the sum of the eternal God? It can't be. All it can be is a history. And if you look through the Bible, it was obviously Moses was writing a history for the Jewish people. A, a history about where they came from. Yes. And he followed their line through Seth, through Noah, all the way down the line. He had no interest in the other lines that went out from You him. know, I never thought of that. But yeah, through Seth. And you know, we don't have much history about what were the other two Noah's sons. It was Shem. Him and Japheth. Japheth. But it's through Seth. He did through Seth. Uh-huh. And which one of those did he go through? Do you remember Sham, Ham, and Japheth? Which one did the... Okay. Well, that's a whole nother... That's another segment to do. We just don't get that deep into that. But anyway, you just you triggered a thought there. But anyway, uh, many things do. So our, our thought now is... That our, our last statement that we just made is... If, if, if John said Jesus couldn't be contained in all the books in all the world... That's basically what he said, right? Am I misinterpreting that? No, that's clearly what he said. Okay. What makes us think that the sum of God is in one single book? Is that not an interesting thought? It is. We may only speculate what really cool stuff Jesus did that was so far out it didn't get recorded or it was discarded as heresy by those who decided what would be preserved. Now, remember, Jesus did some really crazy stuff that they thought in their age, and when he would heal people that weren't even saved, he would heal people that professed no belief in God whatsoever. I mean, just, bam, you're healed, and we have no record of how, and we're going to talk about that in a later segment, of all the healings he did of people that never made any kind of profession in him. And what about when he would say to them, your sins are forgiven? And you remember how everybody would just blow up? How can you? You can't do that. You don't you, have that authority. You don't have that authority. All right. Down in Revelation chapter 21, verse 1, John writes this. St. John said, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the old heaven and earth had disappeared, and there was no more sea. And so, uh, and he said in verse 5, The one sitting on the throne said, look, I am making everything new. God was the first large-scale recycler. I guess I guess that's what it is. Well, that's what I've heard. That's what I've heard. Genesis was a recycling, refurbishing, recycling the earth. Now back to W.O. Vault, and I'm not going to pick on him through all these series, but Dr. Vault said that's exactly really what this book and this Greek in Revelation read, that it was another refurbishing. It was another regeneration of the earth. Now, down in Revelation 22, verses 1 and 2, let me read that. Then the angel showed me a river with the water of life, clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. It flowed down the center of the main street. On each side of the river grew a tree of life, bearing 12 types of fruit with a fresh crop each month. The leaves were used for medicine to heal the nations. So... When this all gets done again, what do we got? What did we have when the when Lucifer fell? A destruction of nations. What do we have now on the earth? Nations. And what did John say was going to be? Nations a, again. Nations again. Nations again. So we must conclude that God is still creating. Right? He is the creator. That's what he does. Yeah, because creating is his business and what he does. I believe that. Scientists tell us that the universe is constantly expanding. And I believe 
that it is doing that all at the direction and the design of God. I believe God set it into motion, and uh, it's not ever going to, and I'm getting the wrap-up sign here, but uh, I believe that God is still creating, and the universe is still getting bigger. And uh, so what we want you to do is just let us know what you think, and we're going to, in our exit here, we'll give you some information on how you can contact us, and you can contact us online. And, uh, hey, we appreciate the listen, and I, we are sure that not everyone's going to agree uh, with us. And uh, just, you know, don't be hateful. Uh, I believe God's all about love, and I believe you have the right to believe what you believe, and we have the right to believe what you and Tracy and Tabitha. and they, We all have the right to believe what we believe. We're just trying to get you to expand your mind to think about that we cannot limit God to the Bible. The Bible's not the son of, sum of God. So till next time, we'll be seeing you on God Beyond the Bible. Did you enjoy listening to God Beyond the Bible? Do you have an idea for an episode? Connect with us today. Visit our website at godbeyondthebible.com, all one word, or send us an email at email at godbeyondthebible.com, or you can visit us on Facebook. Just type God Beyond the Bible into the search bar.